and find the, there we go. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad, and we all know that the connection between Canada and Ireland is strong. And awareness of that connection has been steadily growing on both sides of the Atlantic over the last number of years, particularly the relationship and the importance of Thomas Darcy McGee. Uh, whether it be the McGee Summer School that goes on in Carlingford and the awareness of McGee in and around Ontario and Ottawa. Well, Thomas Darcy McGee, Irish rebel, Canadian patriot, an exhibition was launched on Thursday and it is at EPIC, uh, which is the wonderful Emigration Museum or the Diaspora Museum that is in the John Rogerson Key in Dublin. And for that and for any many, many, many other reasons, I would have to say, when you go to Ireland, that is one of the places you have to go. So we're going to hear a little about it. And Nathan Mannion is here with me. Nathan, thanks a million for taking the time. And thrilled that this uh, exhibition is getting underway and that it is strengthening and highlighting further the relationship and importance of the link between Ireland and Canada. Thanks for having me, Austin. I, I can't help but agree. We're, we're thrilled to have the exhibition up and running um, and looking forward to welcoming as many visitors as possible from Ireland or Canada or further afield to it over the next number of weeks. Um, I, I must say we're actually doing quite a lot of a focus on Canada this year. We have two temporary exhibitions. McGee is the first that will run focusing on the links between Ireland and Canada this year. The second, which will go on display in November, is the photography of the Irish Canada exhibition, which um, maybe we can talk about in a little bit. Um, but really, it's a, yeah, a real pleasure for us to, to put the spotlight on Canada this year and make it the centrepiece of our programming for 2022. Well, Nathan, we'll come back later in the year, maybe, and focus as and literally focus on the photography. Um, mm. But at the moment, Thomas Darcy McGee. I would not think that there is really much of an appreciation of an awareness in Ireland about Thomas Darcy McGee. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a comment that we hear quite a lot. So since the museum opened back in 2016, McGee is featured within the Leading Change Gallery of Epic ever since. So as one of the most prominent Canadian figures featured in the whole museum, among many. Um, and we had the good fortune to welcome Prime Minister Trudeau back in 2017 to the museum. Um, and McGee was one of those kind of central figures that was highlighted um, on that tour. But yeah, it really, it does seem to be he's much better appreciated in Canada than he is in Ireland. And we are hoping to change that with this exhibition um, and tour focus within the, the longer term exhibitions at Epic as well. So when you go in, <clears throat> into Epic, and I've been there, it's, it's a wonderful place to say that it's an experience in every respect. How are you going to represent and how how is this exhibition going to de- display and tell the McGee story? Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't been into Epic, um, we're located in the CHQ building in the Dublin Docklands and the entire museum is in the old historic vaults of the CHQ building. So the building itself is the former um, bonded warehouse. It's just over 200 years old and the old vaults would have originally been used to store kind of um, spirits and wine before the customs duties were paid is now our primary gallery space in the museum. So there are 20 different galleries in the long-term exhibition and each is a kind of thematic approach to the Irish experience abroad. 
and that of their descendants, the, the Irish diaspora. And just as you go down the stairs before you enter the longer term um, exhibition spaces, to the right hand side is our temporary exhibition galleries, which are at the front of the building facing out into the street. Um, we have two of those and it's spread across the two galleries at the moment is the McGee exhibition. So it's a mixture in terms of how, how it's displayed. We have a combination of traditional exhibition panels, there's audiovisual material and there's a number of objects that are unknown as well as part of that exhibition. So it's included in the ticket price for anyone visiting the museum um, at no extra charge. So it'll run from now until the 20th of May. So we'd encourage anyone who's planning to visit between now and then to come down and take a look. I'm trying to get my headspace here. So I walk through the revolving door and I'm into kind of the lobby, the atrium. Is there, are we yep. talking about that space up on on street level? No, so it's in the basement level. So once you've entered the museum and you go down the stairs or you take the lift, um, just before you would say turn to the left where you'll enter the the longer term exhibitions to the right hand side there is our education room and uh, contemporary exhibition galleries so it's currently located there okay it can be seen from the street as well so if you look down you'll you'll see most of the exhibition from outside all right so what kind of materials have you been able to get your hands on and what kind of materials have been loaned to you yeah, no, it's 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 an amazing exhibition now. To be fair, so we have, as I said, it's kind of spread over two falls. So the first one focuses um, on McGee's life, so about his time here in Ireland, and then his life in Canada, and it takes a broadly chronological approach to to his to his experiences. Um, there's an audiovisual element then that talks a little bit about his time in Carlingford, and then his time. Um, briefly in the United States and in and in Canada, uh, leading up to his death. And then the second gallery takes a little bit more of a focus on kind of the material culture um, associated with McGee. So we have a number of different display cases that um, house a number of kind of significant objects from his life there. Um, one would be we have the pipe that used to belong to Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa, um, which is on display. It was once owned by Thomas Clark as well, who you might know as the first signatory of the Proclamation of the Irish Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, a wanted poster that was seeking the murderer of McGee uh, with a prize, with a reward of $2,000. So that's on display here as well. Um, and a number of um, uh, covers from the Irish Nation newspaper as well. So it's uh, as well as McGee's own christening gown, which is a beautiful piece and original um, currently on display. So plenty to see um, while while you're coming in. Now, you launched on Thursday evening, and I know you had the Canadian ambassador there to get the kick, to cut the ribbon or get things underway. Um, I would imagine for the last number of ambassadors, it has been very heartwarming to see the awareness increase of the relationship between Ireland and Canada, uh, because Canada has always been overshadowed by the by south of the border. And the great Canadian story is really not told that well. So you really have done, you're doing great work. And, and does that present a challenge to you that we're the poor relation or we're the smaller, smaller relation to the North American continent? I think it's, uh, I wouldn't say a challenge. I mean, we're very happy to tell the story of the Irish experience in Canada. Like we take a global perspective. So while the United States might have the, the largest group among the Irish diaspora today, it's it's uh, by far um, not the only story that needs to be told. So taking this approach 
by focusing on these two exhibitions, the focus on Canada within the long-term exhibitions, programmed events that we have as well. Um, I think there's definitely a rising appreciation here in Ireland for those stories. And I suppose they're maybe slightly more unfamiliar, even though there are many people now, particularly um, of the current generation, Irish immigrants that are heading to Canada, mainly around British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and their stories are being told and recorded by us um, on, on a weekly basis at this stage. So one thing that we were very happy to hear this year was that the very first um, Irish Canadian month was proclaimed in March. Mm-hmm. Um, by Prime Minister Trudeau. So just as uh, as the McGee exhibition was opening up, so it was a wonderful moment for us to see that recognition of that relationship and how long it has endured, starting to be recognised in Canada at a national level, uh, just as we're starting to do it kind of on a cultural level here in Dublin. And, you know, the, on the Canadian side, um, there is a greater awareness and appreciation literally from coast to coast of the Irish uh, contribution to Canada, um, whether it be Newfoundland going back to the 1500s, 1600s and fishing uh, right out to the West Coast and even the, the period of the gold rush where you would have had mine. But the Irish relationship to Canada is, is something that I guess is very much alive in, in Canada. Um, <clears throat> so um, have you managed to connect with any descendants of Thomas Darcy McGee? and been uh, able to gather any material there. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very interesting point. So we're actually involved in a number of different kind of oral history projects and uh, digital collection projects here at the museum. And we work mainly with partners across Europe, but we have been gathering stories kind of on a thematic basis for the last number of years. So we focused in on migration specifically. We've looked at employment and we're just coming to the end of a project focusing on sports. And actually as part of the what's called Europeana Sports Project. We have um, interviewed a number of people in Canada, and I had the pleasure to do it myself, um, Irish immigrants who would have been involved in setting up um, GA clubs um, near Toronto back in the 1970s. So a kind of a, a really a slightly overlooked period of Irish immigration mm-hmm. and one with fascinating stories and material culture. It still survived. I was um, looking up to see you know, jerseys that were over 50 years old that had been sitting in attics and in chests, uh, newspaper clippings, uh, medals, awards, all sorts of different things that um, really hadn't had any chance to be appreciated by anyone. And these are stories that, well, the club, um, Hamilton GA would have been the one I, we spoke of first, uh, is no longer no longer in existence. But the the wealth of kind of um, oral history and the memories around it and, the, and a legacy Irish club that still exists there, um, with former members who would have played for the team um, is fascinating. And it, I suppose it's fed in really closely to the exhibition that we'll do later in the year, the photography of the Irish in Canada, because that came from a kind of similar origin in that it was an engagement with um, Irish Canadians to tell the stories of their own families by digitizing family albums and family album books that they had um, eventually it actually manifested itself into a book. So the, the photo album of the Irish Canada, there's a sister, public, sister volume, which is for the United States. But we've taken it a step further and in conjunction with the National Photographic Gallery here in Ireland, we've launched this temporary exhibition, which will um, be on display here from November 1st all the way through to the end of January. And it's a, a collection from across all of Canada of family photos, the stories behind them. And it's something we really encourage 
um, anyone who gets a chance to visit later in the year to take a look at, but also to get involved because it's only the tip of the iceberg in terms of the stories that could be told and should be told. Um, and we emphasize collaboration as one of the most important things we do here. So we'd welcome anyone who has photos of their own, maybe sitting you know, in a drawer on a shelf that they never thought anybody might appreciate to take them down, dust them off. Um, and get in touch and learn how to digitize those and share them with, with ourselves and our partners. So as we wrap up, we'll get the details on that from where they should send them to you. But sure. before we get to that, the exhibit, the current exhibition and the future exhibition, given that for many of us we're in a virtual world, and while travel is easing up, not everybody can travel, and you're, the current exhibition is time-sensitive in that you're saying it's running until May. Is there a digital or an online virtual component to it um, and likewise uh, will there be for the photographic exhibition when that comes on stream yeah so as it stands there isn't uh, a dedicated digital exhibition for the McGee again this is um, in fact just a loan exhibition that we have here at the museum but it is something that we're working with the Thomas Harrison McGee Foundation to explore the options of having it online I mean the entire exhibition is going to be photographed and the audiovisual material can be made available online. Now, the collections that are on display, that won't be the case for them, but they are looking to secure some funding that might allow that to take place later in the year. Um, also, TBC. The photography exhibition, um, for those who can't make it, as I mentioned, there is a book, a publication. So what mm-hmm. we have in the exhibition is just a, a small selection of, of the stories that are that are contained within. So if anyone can't make it, I would encourage them to pick up a copy, but it is also due to go on display um, at various locations across Canada um, over the next year or so as well in, I believe, British Columbia, Alberta and in Ontario. So anyone who's based there will have an opportunity to to visit and learn more. And again, we'll we'll come back later in the year and as that becomes closer to the time frame um, and make sure we cover that. So, Nathan, coordinates. We know the uh, exhibition would be Sir John Rogerson Key's the physical location. This are you've just launched and you're running on May until May when? The 20th of May for the McGee exhibition. 20th of May, and then the next one you're looking at. If you can get material in, would you have a timeline where ideally, if you can get your hands on more for the photographic one, where people should be trying to strive to achieve a, a timeline? Mm-hmm. Yes, so the, as it stands, the photography exhibition is due to go on display from the 1st of November and it'll run till the end of January 23. So we will, it's currently being designed at the moment, so we are nearing completion, but we would welcome any other stories that people might have that they want to share. Um, what I would suggest is if you do have material to visit our website, so epicchq.com, and you'll see a stories tab on that page where you can share attachments or stories that you might have with us. So they'll come in directly and we'll be able to review and assess them. But also if you have a, a just a, a simple query you want to share, if you email uh, museum at epicchq.com, uh, we can come back to you directly then as well. Nathan, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been fascinating and wonderful having a chat with you. And as I said at the, the beginning there, if you're in Dublin uh, at any time, even outside of the dates of these exhibitions and you're visiting, uh, I would strongly recommend you visit the Epic Museum. It is an experience. And while you're there, I know there is a genealogy section there as well uh, that is worth taking a trip to. And you never know who you might discover you're related to. Nathan, thanks a million for taking the time. 
thanks very much, Austin. Thanks for having me.